Hey everybody, welcome to Multi Multi, the podcast where we talk about the multitude of multi-site student ministry. It is a joy to be here with you guys once again via Zoom, considering the season, but making it all the better is one of our amazing co-hosts, Gina. Gina, how are you doing, my friend? Doing good, Joe. It is great to have you with us. And we have a special guest who is with us today, Kent from Northfield Church in Indiana. Kent, you'll notice that I chose not to say your last name because I didn't have the know-with-all to have you remind me how to properly pronounce your last name beforehand. So Kent, say hi, and then we'll dive a little bit more into the conversation. Here. Right on. Hey, it's great to be with you guys. And it's, it's Bierstrom. And I really was hoping that you'd just give it, give it a go. But. I shied away from the plate here with the full count. <laughs> I, I apologize for my timidness, but I thank you for joining us again. We actually recorded an episode with Kent prior to the pandemic and felt that with all that has changed in the world, it would be great to have Kent come on back and share what he and his team have learned um, as we as a multi-site uh, student youth ministry world just look to continue to learn from one another. And that's really the heart of this podcast is to come alongside those of you who currently are in or entering into that multi-site student ministry, youth ministry space. And we know that multi-site churches were all beautiful snowflakes we're all very unique and different things and and these conversations are always so insightful just to hear of others who are um, in your world uh, to some degree that can offer insight as they're looking to faithfully follow the lord and serve him in such a way and so kent again thank you um, and we love what you are doing at northview church you and your team there for the kingdom and for our audience who maybe not be familiar with yourself and with Northview Church, we just go ahead and share with us some of the various dynamics of your campuses and a little bit about your specific role at the church. Yeah, no, it's um, it's been a, an awesome ride here at Northview. Uh, I've been here for a little over six years now, which um, seems like yesterday that I started, but also seems like I've been there a while. I think that's, yeah. uh, that's, that's a good feeling though. So um, yeah, Northview Church is one church in 13 locations across uh, central Indiana. Um, four of those campuses are located in prisons. Um, and so we have nine more traditional uh, campuses. Uh, of those nine campuses, all do student ministry. Two of our campuses have volunteers that are making student ministry happen at those campuses. And then there are seven campuses uh, with at least one full-time staff member at each of those campuses that oversee fifth through 12th grade. So uh, my role is uh, I oversee it and um, I get to uh, help work and support those campuses to make student ministry happen as good as it possibly can happen at each of those places. And so um, there is a wide variety of uh, demographics within those nine campuses. Uh, we've got campuses that are inside the, the loop uh, or the circle in Indianapolis. Uh, and okay. then we have campuses that are, um, that are in communities that are less than 5,000 people. So there, uh, so just a wide range of communities that we're in. And so it's kind of fun to try to figure out what those communities need and how to best serve and support, um, you know, the ministries that are, that are happening there. So, um, 
And Kent, I appreciate you sharing a bit about the staff dynamic. I think that's always something that's all insightful for for everybody who's listening. Because again, you know, our dynamics and, and staff structure can vary so often. And you know, with you in that lead position, is there anybody else, um, admin, other individuals, maybe on your central or lead, um, you know, uh, student team, or is it you, kind of Lone Ranger? You know, who's your Tonto? So. Yes. Uh, well. The way we do ministry makes uh, makes a lot of sense, and I'll get into that a little bit more later. But uh, on our central support team, it's myself. Uh, we have an events uh, coordinator, uh, Jen, and then we have a family ministry admin that is kids and students. So like two and a half people on our central support team. Uh, also the family pastor who oversees uh, everything on, on all of our campuses is really involved as well. So what are the kind of the shifting dynamics that you've had to implement or talk about or shifting uh, models that have emerged just over the past six months at Northview? Yeah. Well, I think everyone, you know, back in March was like sent spinning, you know, that it, it escalated very quickly in a, in a couple of days. Uh, and so um, it went from, okay, what do we do to, um, okay, how do we stay busy to, okay, now what? And I think we're, yeah. I think a lot of people are still in the now what, uh, because it doesn't seem like, uh, or it, it, we're just wondering if how long this is going to last. Um, yeah. and so, so it's kind of a weird, it's a weird dynamic, but through it, um, one of the, one of the cool things was, uh, the way, um, our team just kind of owned ministry, regardless of what it looked like. And so a lot of our team, we, you know, tons of phone calls and uh, tons of care conversations were being had. And yeah. I think that's what ministry looked like, at least for the first two months, you know, really through May was, hey, how you doing? Uh, with leaders, with students, uh, with families, um, you know, we were talking earlier and we were talking about, you know, quarantine didn't, didn't go well for everyone. Yeah. Uh, some people enjoyed it. Some people, it was a struggle. And so, um, you know, so ministry looked a little different during those two months. I am, I almost think that ministry was maybe more effective, you know, in those two months than it was before, because we got back to the basics of relational ministry and really like caring about people. And I think sometimes we get caught up in the planning, the program and the event that we miss, the relational aspect of what ministry should be, uh, you know, eye to eye, you know, shoulder to shoulder. And we had the opportunity to kind of uh, turn back the clock and, and go back to some phone calls and some writing notes and checking in on people. And there's a lot more care that happened in those two months than, than maybe in the, you know, years uh, leading up to that point. It was so true. And, and I think that it also caused, you know, a very, the need for like a very long, hard look at why we do what we do and what it could potentially look like moving beyond, you know, March and April and May and throughout the summer and, and so on. It, it really was a lot of, a lot of people probably felt, and honestly at times myself included an identity crisis, um, especially when you are generally used to being one of those who is the upfront person and, uh, you get that energy from being with people and even, you know, in, in ministry. So oftentimes it's about the feel that you have as you're interacting with students and with leaders and with families from the weekend and week out. 
and then it's just gone. And the rhythm that you once knew is just completely disrupted. But through that, I know our team has, I'm sure your team, it sounds like you guys have as well, just experienced some, some innovation and um, have come out better in some ways through, through that as you guys are looking to continue to minister to your people. And so what are some of those maybe principles or practices now six, seven months removed from you know, the initial lockdown quarantine and everything that are still being implemented or factoring into uh, your staff team and ministry model? Yeah. So before, um, you know, before March happened and COVID kind of took center stage, um, we, we worked as a team um, together on the ministry. And so one of the, one of the things that we always said was that we all think globally, but we live locally. And so we all think Mm -hmm. about the entirety of our ministry. And then we live that out um, at the campus that you're, um, that you're owning. And so there was a real, like, we're going to attack ministry as a team and we're going to do this together mentality. Uh, we, we operate what we call pods and, and basically half the team sits on, on a curriculum and and life group pod. And then the other half sits on the events and team members pod. And, and so each, um, each pod kind of goes after those aspects of the ministry for all of our campuses. So uh, that was our mindset pre-COVID and then post-COVID, all that kind of shifted because all of a sudden, you know, we weren't in person, you know, we yeah. had to, we had to move things uh, online and, and then it just, it just kind of got a little bit wonky. Like it just wasn't the same rhythm. Uh, over the summer, we, we went back to in-person gatherings outside of groups, the less than 50 just really trying to honor our governor and just saying, okay, we're going to, we want to respect your authority and, um, and just try to try to make everything out of what we could. Um, and so that was going okay. But then about July, the decision was made uh, because we had no idea where this was going, that uh, we're, we're not going to do large group gatherings um, this upcoming semester for school. Hmm. Uh, yeah. school schools are still, trying to figure out how to best navigate this in Indiana. Um, and I'm sure in a lot of places. So yep. rather than be reactionary to what the schools decide, uh, what adult services decide, uh, we made a, we made a call to just, just do life groups, uh, for the, the very least the next semester yeah. and just kind of forego the large group gathering, uh, in general. So, um, which meant the pods had to look different. So we totally revamped how we looked at our, at, at how we were going to go about this as a team. And instead of two pods it ended up being, um, four. And there was a, like a, a team of, of our staff going after YouTube, a team of our staff going after social media, a team of our staff working on the YouTube services that we were going to, uh, leverage to push content to our life groups, which, meet on campuses, in homes. There's a lot of different areas. So it just needed to be a, a medium that everybody could get to uh, and easy for us to, um, you know, to upload. Um, and then there was a team that was going after groups, the group experience, especially if they're in a home. Uh, you yeah. know, how does that look? How does that feel? How can we create moments for our students uh, in those groups? You know, we were used to creating moments coming out of a service after a message, you know, yeah. and, and hey, let's, 
you know, let's play the, play the, the soft chord in the background and, <laughs> you know, allow, allow the spirit to move. And, and so we, we don't want to lose the moment for our students. Yeah. And how does that look in a group setting? And so everything shifted and the team like was incredible. And, uh, just, I think it honestly gave them energy to, to kind of sink their teeth into something new and to know that this is how we're going to move forward. There's no, there's no question marks anymore. There was no like, well, we'll see. I don't know if COVID's gonna, you know, I don't know if a vaccine's gonna, you know, all those questions yeah. that you ask yourself. We didn't have those. Those are the shackles kind of fell off and we were able to, to really go after something for the fall. So, and I know so many of us have heard similar, uh, similar things in regard to like, we all need to kind of get to a point of just, we're just make a decision and let's run with it because of the level of uncertainty that was occurring, you know, not knowing, like, we don't want to flip flop, go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And, um, it is, I, I think, you know, personally, and when you're talking about, you know, we were setting up those moments, I was just recording a teaching video the other day and I was looking over my message notes and I'm like, this would have been such a good message <laughs> to preach in person. Yeah. And just that need to get, I think all the more rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, lean into that, pray through that and know that God, this is where you have us at and we are faithfully following you. And we know that you are doing a great and mighty work, but it, it's that, again, it's that kind of retooling even for ourselves where we're so rhythmically used to um, that in person. I was I had a student pastor text me today. He was just like, yeah, I, I had to preach in person this weekend at one of our campuses and I am terrified because I haven't <laughs> done it in seven months. And sure. you're like, you know, I'm not trained and ready. It's going to be scatterbrained, but yeah. it is. It's definitely relearning for sure. Yeah. And I can't, one thing I was wondering about is, are there things that you've picked up over the past six months that you're like, um, I'm going to hold on to this and, and I can see us still practicing this or using this or doing this six months from now. Like, for example, um, like we've moved, we've picked up like an app and um, we're also using like QR codes for check-in. And I'm like, oh, why didn't we do this before? And this is something mm -hmm. that I can see we'll still be practicing in six months. Or like, I don't have a campus building. So we're doing host homes. Like, huh, six months from now, this might still be the thing that I really want to lean into. But for you, what have you used or seen that you're like, I'm gonna, I think this will stick around? Yeah. Yeah, there. I mean, some of it is uh, we're still collecting all the data and trying to, you know, analyze what's working and what's not. But, uh, we started a, a YouTube channel, like probably a year or so ago, mm -hmm. knowing that it was just another door for students or people to engage. Uh, not because we thought, Oh, this is how we're going to do ministry in you know, nine months. So, but seeing the opportunities that that, that has brought about, uh, I think we're probably going to double down on, on our, on, on our student online presence, uh, mainly because I think the lie that a lot of youth pastors tell themselves is that if the student doesn't show up to life group or to large group or to whatever you've got, then they're not growing in their faith and they're actually falling away. And it's, it's, uh, it's bad for business when yeah. in reality, that's not, that's not always true. 
uh, it could be just schedules don't line up. And so that's why they can't come or, or, um, whatever, whatever it is, whatever it looks like. But that's, that's a lie that I think we need to, we need to get out of our train of thinking because what if we can resource parents to have the conversations that need to be had with, with their teenage son or daughter? Yeah. Uh, what if, what if we, uh, have services that are just on YouTube and a student can watch that at any point in time because of whatever the topic is. And that's, that's ministry. And yeah. so I think, I think there's that alone is something that I think what this uh, season has taught us is that, um, that we need to cast a really wide net and allow a lot of doors for students to walk through and trust that God's going to use them how he's going to use them. And it's not by our power or anything that we're going to do um, that's going to minister to that student in that place, in that, in that moment, just because they're not coming doesn't mean they're, they can't grow. So, um, yeah. so that's what it's, it's, it's telling me that we need to double down on this because, uh, it's forever, you know, it's always going to be there. Yeah. And that's, I, I like how you shared, you know, um, you know, you had a YouTube channel a year ago. And as, as you said, I was like, yeah, I think we, we started ours like a year or so ago and it had probably no real content on it but the seasons caused all of us to add content to it. And because we've given more attention to it, it starts bringing those questions out like, okay, who is the audience? How are we engaging them? How do you follow up with them? Because it is a space in which students very much live. And it's a huge front door for ministry, not just with students, but parents as, as well. Um, I know parents watch our content. I just yeah. found out three weeks ago that my senior pastor watches our content. Yeah. And so it's like, so it is, it's, and it's a, it's a great way to build credibility, to build a bridge um, for those relationships to, to occur. So well, and um, the vision it, for it morphed, you know, like the vision originally, yeah. you know, uh, a lot of it was just, you know, lighthearted content. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we just felt like, you know, middle school and high school students, their lives are so serious right now. You know, they're, uh, we've got middle school students that are, that are freaking out about their grades because they might not get into a college. And I was like, I don't think I even knew what a college was in seventh grade. Oh no. Yeah. So, like everything's more serious. And we're like, how can we, how can we do some, some lighthearted things, you know, make people laugh a little bit and just kind of relax. You know, we have one of our student guys, uh, he, he does this, uh, this, these dad jokes and he's like, he's got an alt, an alter ego that is, you know, the dad, and he just makes yeah. these funny videos and it's like, they're hilarious. Um, and so that's kind of the vision, the vision starting out was just to, Hey, let's, let's be lighthearted. Let's add some content here and there. But man, as time's gone on the, like the depth of the vision for those channels for our Instagram has, has really grown into, uh, this is the front door and it's not just lighthearted. It's for yeah. all topics. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, let's help students go deep on these channels as well as in our groups or in our large group, whenever that yeah. comes back into focus. So I love how you're thinking strategically about just multiple on-ramps into relationship, into discipleship, that it isn't just this one thing. Um, there are just multiple avenues and ways to connect that can be that next step for a student to grow deeper in their faith. Um, that's really great. Yeah, and and I you know, the funny thing is you were you were chatting about um, this. We we were talking about six months, you know, ago, six months from now, and all this stuff. One of the the things that students have joked about is like, does this mean I'll no longer have a snow day because 
we can't like my school is now actually set up to teach me when I'm not yep. supposed to be in person, but I have thought about like that. RIP snow day. Yeah, exactly. Yep. <laughs> but even for us now, like those nights of ministry in which it's like, whether even it's the, the, the built-in break and you try and do a different like student service pre-recorded or because of a, a snow, snow day sort of that you already, it won't feel so odd or forced or foreign because you're like, Oh, we, we can do this. And I, I know the tempering it with rest and sometimes you need a break, but I know sometimes snow days usually aren't the most conveniently planned. You know, it's just sure. like, Oh, of course we had a snow day after we were already planned to be off last week. And now it's going to be three weeks and retreat signups are the deadlines next week. And what are right. we going to do? But even some of that innovation where it's like, Oh, because of this, we actually are set up to, uh, to, to better respond to those kind of random day offs or those other disruptions, because those other disruptions are a lot <laughs> more minor now than the ones that we've experienced. So, no doubt. uh, yeah, Kate, yeah, you are you're the leader of your 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 team there, and um, I, I guess as you're thinking through again the season, we're still very much in the midst of it. And we were talking right before the show, and like it, no one, we don't fully know when this is gonna end. We've all got ideas and hopeful expectations of maybe spring, maybe summer. When there's a vac- a lot of people are putting hope you know, in an election and who will be, who will be inaugurated, inaugurated this January and everything, but we, we don't really know. And so as the leader, what are some of the things for that you're saying and that other leaders could be, or should be saying to help their team right now? Yeah. So, I mean, I think most teams appreciate honesty, you know, like it doesn't do anybody any good to, say something just to try to make people feel better, even though you want to, but if it's not there, you don't say it. And so we're trying to figure out, do we change what we do next semester? You know, we, we told families and parents, Hey, for this school semester, we're not doing large group. We're doing life groups and here's how it's going to work. And, and so now the parents who remember us saying that, which there aren't too many that remember what we said in (laughs) August, But the ones that do are asking, hey, so are we going to go back to having large group again? You know, how are we going to do this upcoming semester? And so, you know, try even trying to sit there and make a decision from three months from now is really difficult because we could be in the exact same climate or everything could change for the better or for the worse. you, You just have no clue. And so the one thing that that we keep talking about and as a group individually, as you know, I'm talking to our team one-on-one is that we have to be flexible and we have to be ready. So the one thing that our team, you know, I'm obviously biased. We have an incredible team and the, mm-hmm. and the people on our team are, uh, are amazing. And, um, they're ready to move if we have to, you know, they're ready to adapt if we need to. Um, and so we just keep preaching flexibility, like, Hey, give who knows what, what's going to happen. Just be ready when the time comes to make a decision to move. Like we're going to have to do it quick. And, yeah. and so to the team's credit, like they're all ready. There's no pushback. Uh, there's, there's no, well, like there's no complaining. It's um, it's almost like, well, this is just what it is. And we can either choose to be disgruntled about it or choose to have an attitude that's ready to rock. And so I'm just, man, that's, that's a, that's a huge compliment to the team of people that's here 
you know, it's less about what, what I'm saying or what our family pastor is saying. It's more about their mindset going into it. And the fact that they love the students so much that it doesn't matter what it looks like. Mm-hmm. You, you said it, Joe, there's some loss right now. Yeah, Not being yeah. able to be in front of students teaching is a loss for some of our team. Like yeah. they love that aspect of what they do. In fact, that, that's what they feel like called to do. And now it looks significantly different. So there's loss, not being able to be around a larger group of students all the time. And, but, you know, more often than not, they're like, well, right. I just want students to know Jesus more and this is how it's going to yeah. happen. And so let's do this. So it's been really cool to see their attitudes through it all. And we just keep trying to be as honest as possible and transparent mm-hmm. as possible about what's coming up. Yeah. So that there are no surprises. And I think, I think that honors our team when we do that. Yeah, that's good. I know my youngest yesterday was my youngest daughter. She's like, mom, when do you think we can, we'll be able to stop wearing masks at school? And it was just this reality that there is no end date I can give her. It was really hard. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. But Ken, I know like you lead a team, but let's say that, um, you're the one not leading a team. You sit on a student ministry team. Um, you're part of an organization, part of a student ministry team. What are things that that person could be doing just as a staff um, could be doing or should be doing right now that just helps the overall team at all the campuses during this season? Yeah. Um, there, I mean, for team members that aren't the person in charge, um, literally just being available and willing to jump in however they can is a huge deal. No no matter how your organization is, your hierarchy works, um, like you just being willing and available and making that known that, Hey, whatever you need, like I'll do it if you need me to do it. Like just having that, um, that posture with leadership is, is a huge deal. And them knowing that you're willing to, to you know, uh, scrub toilets or whatever, the, whatever your campus needs or however that needs to look is a huge deal. Um, the other thing is, is see the holes or see what could be and, and then and go after it. I think a lot of people wait to be told to do something when I think, um, I think there's a lot more leash there for people on your team for, for them to, to step into something that they see is a need, but no one's filling the need right now. Uh, so that, that takes initiative and that takes a little bit of like uh, drive to, to make some of those things happen. Um, but I love it when I see people who do things without being asked uh, to fill a need that people didn't even realize were, was actually a need. Uh, they saw it and they, they took care of it instead of waiting to be told to do it. Um, the other thing is asking, Hey, are, is, uh, is there something that you can't get to, you know, your supervisor, whoever oversees you, is there something you'd love to get to, but can't, is there any way that I can help you with that? Uh, I think literally it all boils down to having a servant heart and having some drive to, uh, to not just be okay with what's going on in your present. And just to, that takes a little bit of a vision and drive to say what could be, and how can I play a role in it? And I'm, I'm here to support and serve this community and this campus however I can. I think those are, those are just ways that I think exponentially make you more valuable as a teammate um, and as a staff person in your, in your organization. I, I agree. And I, I, 
in my experiences with individuals who who do that, I have found that as the person who is the the leader of other staff, that actually makes me a better leader because it causes me to be aware of maybe things that I am bottlenecking um, or holding on too tightly to, or um, even just ways to better leverage the the giftedness of my team. Maybe sometimes I've found somebody who's asking that because they don't feel like they're being utilized in the best way. And they're graciously offering themselves, you know, to serve as such. And I know even as a leader, you're trying to also be mindful of like not putting too much of a burden on, on individuals. And so at that moment, it does, it kind of gives you that insight um, without that kind of nuance that can come in with like, just like as the boss going to someone like, Hey, you got extra time for a project. And they're like, well, I don't want to say no to the boss, but I kind of don't. Right. When they proactively come, it really, it really does. Um, it helps out in, in every sort of way. And um, it makes you a healthier team across the board because you just, you're reminded that you're there for one another. And I don't know for myself, um, I always want to, I always want to be working hard for my team, but when you're reminded that your team is working hard with you, um, and is there to help you, it makes it, it makes it easier to get out of bed. And some no days, doubt. some days, these past couple of months, it's, it's hard to be like, <laughs> yeah. all right. Well, Joe, that's go. how our YouTube, that's how our YouTube channel started. One of our younger team members, you know, he was like, we've got to do this, but no one really had the bandwidth to say, I can go all in on this because you know, it takes a lot of organization. It takes a lot of detail and like just vision for what that could be. And he was just like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll, I'll own this. It needs to be done. I'll, I'll figure out how to make it happen. And I'm really glad that, cause I'm not a YouTube guru, Joe. Uh, yeah. I don't, you know, I'm the old guy on the team. And so <laughs> like, I, you know, it's not, it's not my world, so to speak. And so they're yeah. much more in tune with that. So um, that's how that was birthed. And so I'm, I'm really thankful that, that he, he went with it and you, he went after it. It's so, and so, and it's so cool as a leader to be able to celebrate those moments too. And for the team, you know, as our, as we've, uh, which we all have heard Andy Stanley say before, what gets rewarded gets repeated. And that person isn't doing it for the reward, but we're definitely going to honor that, that which is worth honoring because ultimately that humility has made the team across the board better. And has really helped honor the heart of every member of that team, reach kids for the gospel. So um, this has been such a good conversation overall um, in so many ways. And I can't thank you enough, Kent, again, for your insight and time. And, you know, Gina and I are always grateful to, to, to spend time with you. And just any final words, thoughts, or encouragement for, for the listeners today? Yeah. You know, I've, I've just had the opportunity to talk to a lot of youth pastors over the last six months and just, just to check in. And, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are frustrated, you know, that it's not like it was and students aren't coming back like they thought they would. And, um, there's, they feel like there's less people that are attending things. And I feel like overall, there's a lot of just, just frustration about what's going on with ministry. And I, I just, I just feel like, and if, if you can be faithful and obedient to what God's calling you to do, then the results shouldn't matter to you as much as they do. Yeah. I know that's so easy to say. I'm a three on the Enneagram, which means that I, I, want, like, I want to get things done. I want to look like I've got it together. I want to succeed. And when things around me, and I've gone through this in, in the last 13 years of youth ministry, when it looks like I'm not succeeding, 
I take that personally and I project that on myself and that's who I am and my identity. You know, Joe, we talked about identity earlier and, yeah. and that's, it's could so easily get turned into my identities wrapped up in, in how many students are there, how many families came back. And it's, that's not, that's not the measuring stick. Uh, God wants our faithfulness. He wants our obedience to our call. And if we continue to like, just keep taking steps and minister to the people that are there, that's being faithful and obedient. And that's the measuring stick. Amen. So I don't know who needs to hear that. I probably needed to hear that myself again, because it just needs to be repeated to myself in the mirror over and over again. But I, you know, I just hope there's a lot of youth pastors out there that keep, keep doing what they're doing, regardless of what they see in front of them. Yeah. It is. It's such a good word because you know, like they're, what we used to measure success on or find comfort in is going to continue to change. But the whole reason why each and every one of us got into what we, what we do as student pastors, as youth pastors is because we want to see kids' lives changed by the gospel. Um, and that continues to go forth regardless of what programming looks like in retreats and mission trips and so on. And um, even if it's another seven months or beyond of which things are just going to look different than what we once knew them to be. There's going to always be comfort when we remember the hope that anchors our soul. And so that is a, a good word, Kent. Kent, I would love for you to be able to share how people can connect with you and even kind of check out what God is doing through Northview students. You got to plug the YouTube channel. For yeah. sure. I got to watch, I got to watch these dad jokes. And <laughs> again, I think we're all, we're all looking for ideas to create content and, and yeah. borrow from one another and create our own context. So yes, share with the listener how they can check those things out and get in contact with you. Yeah, no, uh, our YouTube channel is just youtube.com slash Northview students. Uh, you can find us there. There's a lot of stuff there. And, Honestly, we do that all the time. We're constantly watching other youth ministry uh, YouTube channels for ideas and like, how are they doing things or how are they setting things up? And like, man, it's, it's a great place to, to learn and to get ideas from. So yeah, please check that out. Northview students is, is the URL for, the, uh, for YouTube. Um, Northviewchurch.us is the church website. Uh, my email address is kent.beerstrom, which uh, Joe can probably spell. Um, <laughs> Just let me and, know, guys. I got you. <laughs> the show notes. <laughs> <laughs> show notes for the for the spelling of my last name, but it's kent.beerstrom at northviewchurch.us. I blog on a on a on a site called Pastor the Number Two Youth.com. There's a lot of resources there if uh, if you want to check that out as well. But man, I'd I'd love to connect. However, with with anyone that wants to chat. Um, I love learning from people I, and I appreciate you, Joe and Gina, just all you guys do for uh, just doing this podcast and just resourcing multi-site churches. Uh, that's incredible. And even if you're not multi-site, there's a lot of, a lot of great things that come out of these podcasts. So uh, thanks for what you guys do for, uh, for youth ministry across this nation and probably around the world. I'm, I'm, I'm just, anticipating <laughs> that you've got people around the world listening to this podcast so there you, you go. know i think i think we got pinged once in argentina so we are the i don't doubt number it one global multi-site student <laughs> yep uh, brother thank you for for that kind word and the encouragement and, and thank you to the listeners for continuing to um to tune in and to continue to reach out uh, that's the heart of this podcast is be able to have conversations like the one we had with Kent today, uh, with you guys week in and week out as we look to spur each other on to love and good works, sharpen one another to see the gospel go forth in the lives of students. And so thank you guys so much. Until next time. Bye. Bye.